Simple Life Together, Episode 24, Simplicity Can Be Complicated and Tackling Piles of Files with a Smile. Hi, and welcome to Simple Life Together, a podcast dedicated to leading a simpler life in the modern world. I'm Dan Hayes. And I'm Vanessa Hayes. Welcome back to Simple Life Together. Last week's show was a bit of a role reversal. Dan talked about simplicity traps, and I talked about some of my favorite apps. Yeah, usually I'm the one talking about tech stuff. I know, I got techie on you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on today's show, Dan is going to talk a bit about how the modern world can make simplicity complicated sometimes. And I'm going to share some secrets on how I like to manage the influx of documents we get on a daily basis. And remember, if you have questions or comments, you can always reach us at dan at simplelifetogether.com, vanessa at simplelifetogether.com, or on Twitter, and we'll talk more about that at the end of the show. So let's hop right into our topics today. Dan, you're up first. What I wanted to hit on was that sometimes simplicity can actually be pretty complicated. So on last week's show, um, you might recall, I mentioned Stephen Covey's classic, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, right? Well, it got me intrigued because there I I quoted it and I I looked at a few different things for that show. And so I went back to reread it a little bit. Well, as I was rereading Seven Habits, uh, I came across one part that kind of resonated and matched up perfectly with the sentiment of a lot of feedback that we've been getting in iTunes reviews and emails lately. And you know how sometimes when you just kind of find something um, and it's stuck in your head and it and amplifies in an area that you've already been thinking about? This was just kind of one of those moments. And one of the major topics people have been talking to us about is how it seems that a good portion of society, it seems like they've given up or lost their way when it comes to choices that they make, or it even seems like they've given up on taking responsibility for shaping their own lives. And I think we all kind of fall into that trap from time to time. And so the whole responsibility thing was kind of sitting in my head. Hmm. And the part that struck me um, as I was rereading was a part about responsibility. And it's the same thing that that Stephen Covey addressed at the beginning of the book. So if you just take the word responsibility and you break it down, it's obvious. It's our ability to respond. And when it comes to living out our decision to pursue a more simple life, we exercise our ability to respond in the choices that we make all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, we make choices on what we let into our lives and choices on what we let go of, like especially with Edit and Forget It. There's people making choices every day about mm-hmm. what they're letting go of. And in doing that, we exercise that responsibility at lots of different levels. And, I, and as I thought about it, uh, the first choice is our choice to live simply. And then each decision that we make after that if we're true to our choices, our goals, then each subsequent choice is, should be in line with that original choice to live simply, right? Sure. So I wanted to use my segment today to kind of talk about something that I think everybody's thought about too. And that's likely one of the reasons that you listen to us in the car, uh, at the gym, or while you're working around the house, or wherever you are when you let us into your life. And as we always say here on the show, simplicity is a completely personal choice. And no one, including us, has all the right answers on how to make your life more simple. Well, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, like most things in life that are really, really important, there's no magic pill. There's no definitive blueprint. No. There's no roadmap or treasure map to find the simple life that perfectly suits you. The answer can only be found by truly contemplating your desires and formulating your life plan. And we talk about that. We've mentioned that probably almost every episode. Right. 
We do. Yeah. But it's it, so important. I mean, it is. It really is. And we should probably dive more deeply into that in a future episode. Otherwise, you're just kind of wandering around aimlessly and right. just without any real purpose, I think. And it's great to have that life plan. And of course, you're going to tweak it along the way. And hopefully you do as you get wiser and, you know, thing life reveals itself to you. You're going to have to tweak it along the way. Mm-hmm. And the fact of the matter is that listening to all these gurus and experts will often run contrary to your goals because it limits your ability to respond, your ability to be responsible. Responsibility is like a muscle. And if you don't exercise it, it's going to atrophy over time, <laughs> right? And, uh, and then yeah. you won't be able to use it at all. So when we, when we get these blueprints or, you know, this is the way to do it, we, we kind of let that decision muscle atrophy yeah, a bit. I guess so. And I think there's a reason that that's happening. And I think it's logical. And I'll get into why I think it's happening later on here in the segment. But I think a, a huge part of society has chosen to follow these days. They're just letting their decision muscles atrophy. And, and they just take the, the simple, quick advice. The easy and, button. I talk about the easy yeah, button all the just time. Just give me the answer. Yeah. Just give me the All I want is the answer. Our Tell me how to do yeah, it. Yeah, because our lives have become so complicated right. that we go to the easy button. Just I just want somebody to tell me what to do, and then I'm good. Right. I don't want to have to work at this. And I think everybody falls victim to that. Oh, I know I do. But doubt. Yeah. yeah. But, but some people, that's all they do. They right. can't. Sure. They, th- that's all they do. And that's, oh, there was a guy. Ga- I'm sorry, story. There was a guy that, um, that I knew she wasn't a client of mine, but anyway, she just said her, her thing was she was, this was the year of outsourcing. Like she didn't want to have to work at anything. Yeah. There's only one thing she wanted to do and that was it. And, but it was the year of outsourcing. I was wow. like, Wow crazy wow. probably takes a lot of money to do that yeah <laughs> but i'm and, wondering and but maybe it was simplifying her life. life i don't know the whole story but it was just kind of like yeah as long as she it. had something planned for that time that she was going to free yeah. up i think i think it's great yeah. you know anyway so, side note sorry no no but you know i was thinking about well how did this happen how did we get to this point as a society and well i thought a lot about it and i just wanted to kind of share a few things that came to my mind everybody's heard me mention before Many sources, we, and we've, we've quoted this on the show too, lots of different sources say the average adult is exposed to a, as many as 5,000 advertisements per day. That's ridiculous. Right? Now, personally, I think this number might be a little on the high end, but who knows? I know there were studies back in the 70s that, I mean, legitimate studies that had it at 17 or 1800, but that was long before the internet. And yeah, but, but I mean, really, like if you're driving down the road, you think, what if you had a 20 mile commute or something? And you see all those cars. Every single yeah. car is an advertisement. Every single billboard is an advertisement. Yeah. Every single store is an advertisement. Heck, someone's shirt. You know, here I'm holding yeah. up this little um, iPad cover from Saddleback Leather. That's an advertisement. Because I thought about that too. I thought, man, that seems kind of high. But then I realized everything has a label on it. Yeah. That is an advertisement. Yeah, you're I mean, right. we are totally just totally inundated with it and exposed to it. So, And that's that's exactly right. That's the crux of the matter is that we're inundated with advertisements. And heck, I mean, traditional media, for that matter, they're designed to, at their best, to influence our decisions mm-hmm. and at worst to replace our decision-making processes oh, altogether. Yeah, yeah. And advertising tells us what we're supposed to drive, what we're supposed to look like, what we're supposed to wear, where do we live, mm-hmm. what medicines we need to take if we want to be 70 years old and hold hands with our significant other as we sit in separate bathtubs <laughs> after a long motorcycle ride, you know? Those are my so, favorite commercials. Yeah, doggo. yeah they're so real. <laughs> Trust me, you know, if, you're, if you got that much going on, you're going to be in the same tub, all right? It's a family show. I won't take it any further. I'm just saying. But so, 
I don't want to turn this into a rant because I know I, I, I easily could, but, but, uh, <laughs> that's the, an understatement. That's good. <laughs> it's all good stuff. But if you've made a conscious effort to listen to the show, then this is information that you already know and you have taken to heart. But if you're new to simplifying your life, I just wanted to reinforce the decision that you made to give this a shot because I think mm-hmm. it's a great decision. And I wanted to start out just by going over what decision making was like back in the day a little bit and then what it's like now. And I'm not going to get into what's better and what's not and be judgmental. I'm just going to kind of sort of present some realities as they are and how our options have changed. Like stuff in our lives, more options isn't always better. Mm-hmm. So I want to just kind of compare some available options of a few things between an era that I'll call back in the day and now, all right? So first off, television. Back in the day, we had like three or four television channels to choose from. And if you're like me and live near Canada, then maybe you were able to pull in two more. Or maybe your town had a VHF channel to watch the reruns of the shows that were, you know, off the the big three here in in the United States. It's ABC, CBS, and NBC. You know, Gilligan's Island was actually already off the big three when I was a little kid, Uh but it was on the VHF channels. Uh So I watched that every day after school. (laughs) That's how I learned to memorize all these darn commercials and all that stuff, oh right? That I can't get out of my head, unfortunately. <laughs> do but, the one. Do, can you do no, one? No, I'm no, I'm not going to do one. No, no, maybe oh, another time. Maybe no, that would be we get enough votes. Yeah, I'll do a video. <laughs> it was yeah. not the old West. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if you lived outside the States, then you might have even had fewer options to you. Lucky you. So, you know, back in the day, uh, you had a handful of decisions or options to make a decision from. So if you wanted some advice about what to watch, you just simply asked your friends. Mm -hmm. The sample was small. And just by asking a handful of friends, you could get all the information that you needed. The advertising model was kind of a holdover from the radio days where products uh, sponsored shows and trusted spokespeople told us about what products were right for us. But even then, you were exposed to a few ads that, w- that uh, you know, you could discern for yourself whether coffee A was better than coffee B, or if more doctors really did smoke camel cigarettes, you know? <laughs> but you were able to kind of discern that yourself. Oh, funny. Well, today, fast forward to now, you know, probably most of us have access to, I'm just shooting this out, but probably 300 plus channels. Wow, we still say yeah. there's nothing on, and there's no way we could ask our friends to sample all the options mm-hmm. of, hey, what's on? So, you know, many people just accept at face value the advertising they see is true because they can't, they can't source it from, you know, that handful of people anymore. Mm-hmm. They just, hey, I, they just get in receive mode. Right. They, they suffer from analysis paralysis, and, they, say, and they've yeah. just given up. Yeah. So, yeah, it's easier, but it won't lead to the simple life that you're trying to build. And as a minimum, we should try to crowdsource our feedback by doing things like reading some reviews on Amazon, uh, checking sites like Consumer Reports, and yes, still asking friends you know, that you trust and who are informed. But taking things at face value from ads, you know, no way. I, yeah, I you just, really taught me about that, too, because yeah. honestly, that's how I was. And, I, and we, we definitely talked to the kids about this, too. And I'd be pretty skeptical about the celebrity spokespeople actually using these products. And here in the States, you see a lot of ads for like reverse mortgages that are hawked by these celebrities. And do you really think these celebrities are using a reverse mortgage? Right. I mean, They're come on. They're already paid for. They're good. Right. <laughs> so, about. and then yeah. when it comes down to food, it gets even more deceptive. And I'm just going to hit a couple examples that I've seen lately. And I'll have references for all of these links in the show notes at simplelifetogether.com slash 024. 
Well, this may be a surprise to a lot of people, um, especially folks here in the United States, but uh, the Food and Drug Administration, which kind of monitors our food safety, has no definition for natural or organic. What? Yes. And I have links in the show notes that takes you right to the FDA website that shows you that we have no definition for this. What? Now, the U.S. Department of Agriculture does have an organic program, which specifies how organic items are supposed to be grown. So even taking for granted the labels that that you see that say natural and all natural leads you to believe that you're making a healthy choice when that may in fact not be the case. Mm -hmm. Man. And that's where sticking with your simple goals can get tough. Advertisements by companies can be even more deceptive. So remember, these are publicly traded companies and their boards have a fiduciary responsibility to make more profit. And that's fine. I'm I'm all for making a buck. Sure. But, you know... Let's not you or I be swayed by that. Right. I mean, but there's cause for some skepticism there. Yes. Like my old boss, Ronald Reagan, used to say, trust but verify. Trust but verify. That's right. You you really do. You have to spend some effort to to verify these sources. So here's another example. Here in in the States, we have a popular healthy cereal, and put that in the air quotes, called Total. You may have that in your where you live, too. Well, Total came out with blueberry pomegranate cereal. Sounds delicious, right? Mm -hmm. Well, the truth is, it contains no blueberries and no pomegranates. (laughs) Seriously. Here's a quote, and I verified the ingredients right from the box labels on Amazon. We saw this on a movie. Yeah, we saw this on the movie, and that's where I found out about it, was that, uh, what was it called? Hungry for Change movie. Hungry for Change movie. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and that's exactly where I found it. But then I did some research on it, and so here's a quote. Trust the verify. That's right. Here's a quote from naturalnews.com, and I linked to them in the show notes, too. Um, talking about the same blueberry pomegranate cereal. It says, yet it's called blueberry pomegranate cereal and positioned as a highly nutritious cereal with the words 100% nutrition, blueberry, and pomegranate appearing prominently on the front of the box in a very large font size. While the cereal contains no actual blueberries or pomegranates, it does contain eight different sweeteners, <laughs> sugar, oh, no. corn syrup, barley malt extract, Brown sugar syrup, uh, malt syrup, sucralose, molasses, and honey. All super duper healthy for you. And awesome. an- <laughs> another thing that I want to address just about deception and advertisements and reality is this. How can a teenage girl compete with the advertisements that show what she's supposed to look like? I know I don't want our daughter to spend her life trying to mm-hmm. live up to an mm-hmm. impossible standard that has absolutely no basis in reality. Mm-mm. So... More options don't necessarily give us more to, they just give us more to juggle around than our heads. And they put the responsibility, like it or not, where it always has been, on our shoulders. And when it comes to our self-image, we need to know ourselves and help others see that if they're going to measure themselves against someone or something else, be sure to use the yardstick of reality and not the Photoshopped version of reality (laughs) that honestly just nobody can compete with. So not even the person in that photo. I mean, right? It's just, yeah, it's they can't compete insane. with it. So yeah. you know, since any rant should include at least one dead guy quote, oh I'm going to quote <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt uh, in his his comment that comparison is the thief of joy, mm. and I think that applies pretty well here. Yeah. You know, if you're going to compare yourself to others, I mean, not that that's healthy, but at least let it be a human being and not a photoshopped representation of a human being. Uh, you know, point. so. And I think the most insidious thing is that because there are so many options and because it's hard to know what decision to make without taking the incredible amount of time it takes to research every single option, people just give up. They opt to relinquish their ability to respond and they set their decision processes to receive mode and they simply accept as truth 
what the media sources feed them. Mm -hmm. And worse yet, they typically take the logical next step and adopt a victim mentality when something doesn't go their way. Why, why wouldn't they? And, and that's when things really start to break down for us, when we accept that we can't do anything about our circumstances. Oh, that is so well said. That's so, so true. And for those new to the show, I can tell you this. You won't find the men that mentality here from our listeners or from Vanessa or from me. Sure, we all have our moments, but if you take some time to read through the reviews on iTunes and the comments in the blog, or if you're an Edit and Forget It Challenge member on the Facebook page, what you'll hear is people taking control of their That's complex right. lives and making them simpler for themselves. Nobody's going to do it for them. Not me, not Vanessa, and certainly not society. Every one of these people is doing it for themselves. And we, all of us, can, we care enough about each other's success to offer some help or some advice or some tips or shared experiences. But we certainly don't offer a blueprint or a magic pill. And when people send us notes, they don't say, Dan or Vanessa, can you tell me how to do whatever? They ask, what are your thoughts on this? Mm -hmm. Or do you have any recommendations about that? And of course, we're happy to share what works for us. And if it works for them too, then that's great. The folks over on the Edit and Forget It Challenge page have been the exact same way, generously offering that's options right. and experiences mm -hmm. so others can choose. And I just think that that's it awesome. Is, it is. It's amazing. N nobody's imposing their beliefs on anybody else. Yeah. They're just there to kind of help one another that's through right. it. So when it comes to simplifying your life, the decisions that you make during your life planning will help you limit the seemingly endless options that you have. So for instance, if health and fitness is one of the pillars of your life plan, then it should follow that the food decisions that you make day to day are in line with that goal. Instead of having to choose between the 31 original flavors of ice cream, maybe it's easier to be true to your goal and decide to stay away from the ice cream altogether. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so in the end, which is opposite of back in the day, so that's the other end of the spectrum, right? right? Back in the day and in the end. Sometimes it'll take a little bit more effort on your part to find the answer or find a trusted source for yourself. But one thing is for sure. Take the recommendations of conventional experts or gurus and especially advertising with a grain of salt. But please, just pick a salt. Because if you ask the so-called experts which salt to pick, you'll have to decide between rock salt, fleur de sel, flake sea salt, crystalline sea salt, kosher salt, table salt, pickling salt, <laughs> cell gris, gray or Celtic salt, coarse, gel grosso, gross cell, Hawaiian sea salt, smoked salt in every wood variety, seasoned salt, Himalayan salt, truffle salt, black salt, lemon salt, iodized salt, or popcorn salt. Oh my goodness. Which are just some of the salts available to, you, to us today. <laughs> or you could simply choose a product like no salt or light salt or X salt, which aren't salt at all. But don't worry, they must be good for you. They're labeled all natural, natural and they're made out of pure MSG. <laughs> Touche. Yeah. So that's my rant. Uh, kind of a brilliant. rant. Brilliant. Yeah. That's brilliant. I yeah. don't. I don't think it's a, a rant at all. Well, no. maybe a little I bit, think it's I just. Think it's just really just. I mean, you, everything that you talked about was really kind of kind of hits home, and it just kind of makes you realize. Well, for us, it's kind of like that's how we were. But we're yeah. moving on. You yeah. Know? And I think uh, we, I think most people find themselves at that point at some yeah. time in their life. Mm -hmm. And it's all about taking the bull by the horns and mm -hmm. and. Uh, and I'm not really sure what that means, but, but that means taking control of your life, right? I don't know where the bull by the horns yeah. came from. I can't believe you don't know that it is. Yeah. I don't know either. I'll but. find out. But uh, yeah, it's just take, taking control of your mm -hmm. life, taking responsibility for your actions and the outcome. And uh, 
like I was saying before, you know, I was kind of um, one of those folks that just kind of fit this mold. I just was, you know, maybe it's just a lot of us, I think, are, we trust people by nature. We just kind of naturally trust our fellow, you know, friends, humans, whatever. We just naturally are trusting beings, I think, for the most part. But at some point you have to go, okay, why is someone saying this to me? And, you know, what is the real motivator and a lot of times, obviously, with advertisements, it's all about making the profits. Yeah, and it's, they the really don't have your best interests in mind. They no. have their own or their companies or whatever. Yeah. And so, and and it's, it's kind of sad to say, you know, but I I start to look at that from all areas of my life now, you know, and and whether it be colleagues or you know whoever, I just I'm like, well, why are they saying that? Is that really genuine? Are they being honest? Is it really in my best interest that they're doing this thing? And um, and not say that's good or bad, but you just start to just kind of think about that stuff. But I think the bottom line here is, like you said, you've got to be responsible for your actions. You know, take charge. You know, really think about what your life plan is, what's going to, what the priorities are for you, and and really start to kind of question and think about those things every day. Yeah, you know? I agree. Oh. I agree. So let's move on to some choices that you're going to talk about when it comes to paper. Right? <laughs> okay. Well. Um, I don't think mine's going to be a, little, a rant at all, but <laughs> but you know you mentioned the edit and forget it crew a lot, and I I like that because that's honestly our edit and forget it folks. I've noticed a lot of buzz going on with them as far as they're digitizing their paper files. Yeah, um, I think after episode six where we talked with Brooks Duncan about going paperless, and then in episode fifteen where you were talking about living without a paper, a printer. Oh, I'm sorry. Live without a printer. Yeah. yeah I'd like folks. to live without paper. Too. Both <laughs> yeah, would well, be great. Be great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, folks got totally motivated. I mean, to, you know, just to totally banish their paper piles. And Dan, I think we've started the going paperless revolution 2.0 here. I'm yeah, we you. may have. We because, may. yeah, that was <laughs> how many years ago that we said we're going to go paperless and yeah. it hasn't happened yet. But I swear our folks, our community, they're on it. They're trying yeah. to. But, I bet uh, you people back in ancient Egypt were saying, we're going to go papyrusless. <laughs> You know, somehow yeah, we are just going to chisel it all in these sandstone <laughs> columns. Yeah. Well, seriously, though, we've had about three or four people. They've actually purchased a scan snap, snap yep. and they've all raved about it. And like, we want the updated models too now. I know we <laughs> do. We're not going to do we're it. We're coveting. We're, yeah, we are. We're good. Though. <laughs> yeah. We're good. We're good. But I mean, yeah. I really think that's pretty amazing. And I think it's great that they are digitizing their files. That's so cool. And if you haven't listened to episode six with Brooks Duncan, you may want to go back and get some basic tips on how to organize your digital files. Again, he had yeah. some, they're just basic tips, but um, it's worth going back to and listening to that just to kind of get an idea of what to do with your files and kind of how he organizes. Um, but you know what's really neat is how liberated folks feel after letting go of those piles yeah. of files, really. Yeah, <laughs> you know? sure do. Um, and I have to tell you, paper clutter is one of the most common complaints I get from my clients. I mean, almost every single one of them talks about it. Now, we may not tackle their, their paper files, but um, but they always say, gosh, uh, we need to get to that someday. We need to get to that someday. As a matter of fact, today I got a message from a client that says, okay, I'm ready to tackle the paper now. This is like a year later. She's like, I'm, I'm ready for it, you know? Yeah. But the fact of the matter is... Well, is, can I interrupt? Uh, sure. The fact of the matter is, yeah. <laughs> she's got a year more paper now. Yes. Now. She does. That's exactly it. Yeah. And I'm going to talk about that. But everyone has to deal with paper. And the thing is that you just, a lot of folks just get lost in it. They just don't know what to do with it. And one thing I've noticed is that sometimes folks will get super motivated and they'll get their digital files 
in their paper files super organized, but then they struggle with managing the daily flow of new papers that are coming in. I mean, isn't it crazy how much paper we deal with every single day? Yeah, it sure is. I mean, with the mail and then with kids stuff, homework, just whatever you happen to pick up when you're out and about or just dealing with the paper at home. I mean, you're dealing with it on a daily basis. I mean, we just, there's hardly any getting around it. I wish there were, but you just, you can't. And so, so you guess what I'm going to do for you today? What are you going to do? Well, I'm going to come to your rescue. All right, everybody? (laughs) Because I've got some really easy tips to help you out. All right? Awesome. And, And regardless if you've already gone paperless or if you're trying to go paperless or if you're still keeping the hard copies, which is totally okay because Dana and I both have hard copy and mostly digital, but we do have some hard copy files. I've got a few ideas for you on how to control and maintain your daily influx of papers. Because like I alluded to earlier, the fact of the matter is we deal with paper on a daily basis and we've got to come up with ways to control it before it controls us. Yeah. Okay. So what I'm going to discuss today is I'm going to talk a little bit about creating an overall paper plan. I mean, briefly, briefly, um, because paper management is a huge topic and I'm just going to attack, I'm just going to talk about the stuff that you can tackle on a daily basis. And you got lots of links to your other website. Yeah, I do. Um, And then what I want to do is discuss some tips on how to slow the flow of papers and stop them at the source. And lastly, what I'm going to do is I'm going to wrap up, you know, my segment with a step-by-step guide on how to create a simple but oh-so-powerful daily paper management system called an action file. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's Let's do do it. it. (laughs) So let's first talk about creating an overall paper plan. Just like every other project or goal, what is it that Dan and I always say to you that you have to start with first? You've got to start with You're going to make me say it? Yeah, come on. You got <laughs> the to start end with state. The end yep. state, that's right. <laughs> it's the end state that's going to drive your action steps and routines to manage your paper. You know, and I'm just talking about one facet of paper organization. There are books solely dedicated to managing paper alone. So just keep in mind, I'm tackling one facet of that today. And like Dan said, you can. You know, my Lots website has links. a couple other links yep. about paper management and so on. We'll make sure that all those are in the show notes. So first off, think about having two general categories of paper, permanent and temporary. Your permanent files are files you want to keep permanently and be able to reference later. These are the ones that you keep in your filing cabinets or bins, right? The nice filing cabinets, or they don't have to be nice. We don't have fancy filing cabinets. We have a couple, but then we have just plastic plastic bins. It's fine. They work. They're out of the way. They're good. But then you have your temporary papers, which are things that you have to go through or things you need to take action on, Okay. Things like your bills, RSVPs, your to-dos, um, appointments to make, etc. Some of which may become permanent files later on. Right. They're just kind of in a transition state yeah. right there. Yep. Yeah. These are the ones that end up in little piles all over the house, like the kitchen counter or on the dining table, the coffee table, and tables and dressers. Okay. So you guys probably know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've all seen that. Well, well, don't worry. We're going to solve that problem a little bit later on. So, anywho, now think about that category of permanent files. I want you to think about how you envision organizing them. Do you want primarily digital files or paper files? Or maybe you need both, like Dan and I have. Or how and where do you want to store them? Do you want them in your office or in your kitchen, out of the way? Do you want them locked up or in a pretty cabinet or is a cardboard box fine, plastic bins? Just think about it because all of these factors are going to affect how you set up your your routines and how you organize your storage space and how you set up your action file, which, like I said, we're going to get into that a little bit later. Again, really think through that end state so that you can properly plan, you know, Like, I want to be able to have access to certain files right at my fingertips, but other ones I don't need access to. So just kind of think about that. 
just kind of get a good idea of that, and then you'll be able to move on and create an overall plan. Right. Okay. So now let's talk about those temporary files and slowing the flow. Okay. Again, those temporary files are things that you have yet to get to or need to take action on. The thing about temporary files, especially the mail, is that half of it is junk. It's stuff that we really don't need. And most of the time, didn't even ask for it, yet it's made its way into our lives for us to deal with. Yeah. So, But the good news is that you can help slow the flow by stopping it at its source. You know, far more of our mail is junk than, you yeah. know. I mean, it's, it really is It's more than, it's, it's, ha- it's at least half every at least. day. But usually more than half. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it's, it's terrible. It's kind of, yeah. it's frustrating. So one thing you can do is stop all those credit card and insurance company offers by going to optoutprescreen.com. Again, that's optoutprescreen.com. Under the Fair Credit Reporting Act, the consumer credit reporting companies are permitted to include your name on lists used by creditors or insurers to make firm offers of credit or insurance that are not initiated by you. But the FCRA provides you the right to opt out, hence the name. Now, this is good if you no longer want or need those types of offers. Some some folks may want those, but if right. you don't want it, you can opt out. And this this particular um, option is really just for here in the States. I think every country has their own opt-out regulations that cover it. So if you're one of our international listeners, you may want to just kind of Google around and see what your the opt-out rules are for your country. And... Um, and heck, you know what? We'd like some feedback on that, too. We'd like to know uh, different options. I know we have a lot of listeners. Yeah, that'd from... be great. Actually, I might be able to ask some folks because we have some international folks coming into that conference this yeah. week. So that would be a good thing to ask. Yeah. So, But what I wanted to also let you know, though, is that if you opt out, you can always opt back in if that's important to you. Okay? Right. So just keep that in mind. Now, another thing you can do is stop unwanted magazines and other mail by going to dmachoice.org. DMA Choice is an online tool developed by the Direct Marketing Association to help you manage your mail, and it allows you to manage catalogs, magazines, credit cards, and other mail offers. I always choose to unsubscribe to all of them, but you can actually be a little bit more selective. Like if there's certain things like maybe you want to get Pottery Barn still, you can pick, you know, you can keep Pottery Barn, but... Eliminate the rest. So you've got some flexibility there. But I just recommend if you're trying to cut down on the paper clutter, just just unsubscribe from yeah, all of it. Yeah, that's probably the best thing is to stop it before it even gets to your house. Yeah, that's exactly it. So you it. don't have to manage it. Stop yep. it at the source. Slow the flow. Sounds good. <laughs> Here's another thing that you can do is that you can unsubscribe from emails, advertisements. Yes, once you order something from Harry and David, for example, <laughs> even if it was just an online order, you're bound to get one of their darn magazines. And it's like, I don't want your magazine, but they'll send it to you because you didn't order. So you can unsubscribe and that'll, that'll help cut down on some of the flow of those unwanted magazines. Yeah. And I'll tell you, you know, with, with email, they're, they're in the States anyway, they're supposed to put an unsubscribe link in those r- right in the email. Right. Some of them don't. They make you, you know, follow a rabbit down a hole and then hop on one leg mm-hmm. and then and then and then sign in and right. all that. And I, that's one thing I love about Gmail. In one click now, you can report as spam and unsubscribe, and they'll do they'll do both of those. And I usually give a company that sh- I unsubscribe, and if I get something after I know I've unsubscribed, I mark it as spam and unsubscribe there through you Gmail. Go. That's good. That's a good practice. I think yeah. that's really nice. I mean, that's that's fair. So. Okay, other ways to cut down on the paper in our lives is to do auto bill pay. Um, you can also cut down on your printing. Just be very selective about the things that you print in your home. Um, and don't give your information out to the cute guy or gal at the register when you're out shopping. We've talked about this before. <laughs> it's like, don't, I think you've talked about this before about cutting down on the email. Yeah. Um, and when you do the 
yeah, in box warfare. Yeah, I, yeah, I just don't give them my... Don't give them the information because they're just going to solicit. They, they can sell your information to other companies. That's how they kind of make money and, and things like that. And they're trying to sell their own stuff, but um, it's just don't give out your information to anybody, you know, unless they can guarantee that they're not going to sell it to somebody. Okay, so now that we have an idea of our end state, you know, kind of an over, you know, kind of a general picture of that, and now that we've established some ways to cut down on the paper that comes into our lives, let's talk about how to tame those temporary files. This is the best part. This is I'm going to teach you how to create an action file. Okay, good stuff. You have some great videos on this too. Mm-hmm, I got a couple of that. So if you're a visual person, it might be worth checking out. And again, we'll have links in the show notes. Okay, the first thing is an action file is just as the name suggests. It's a file for you to take action on, okay? This is not a permanent filing system. It's simply, just think of it as a a temporary holding facility (laughs) for you to house your papers until you can take the appropriate action on them. Holding facility sounds so like... It's like the county prison. You're not going up to state yet. (laughs) It's going to hold you here in the county prison. (laughs) That's my military background coming out. Sorry. <laughs> well, but the idea here is to prevent your paper piles from piling up and to give those random papers a home, even if it's just a temporary one right now, okay? So what you need is you need a desktop file sorter and some file folders. And so basically a file sorter is just is just a vertical desktop file sorter that just sits on your desk. It's no more I wouldn't recommend anything more than ten inches deep because otherwise it's gonna take too much space on your desk. And there's all different types. You can have like a clear plastic one. You can have silver or black mesh ones, colored metal designed ones that have really nice cutouts in them, leather or even linen wrapped ones like we have. Um, They range in all sorts of prices. uh, But just remember, it's about function first and then aesthetic second. And then the file folders are just simply like the manila folders that you get. Of course, there's decorative ones out there. So again, if, if you have a clear file sorter, then maybe you want to have the pretty decorative ones, but it's all up to you. Or you want to have hanging file folders, which I prefer. I really like the one that we have. Yeah, because it's wrapped in linen and it has a lid on it. It has cutouts on the side so we can carry it. It's portable. And again, that's why you don't want a a big file sorter or big file bin on your desk. You want something that's small, but that you can have easy access to. I think it also kind of uh, forces you to manage it while it's you know, you can't like overstuff it because it's small. That's right. It's so, exactly it. Yeah. yeah. Once it gets full, you better, you know, you want to edit it and clear it out. So, okay. So the next thing that you want to do, so now that you have your file sorter, you know, your desktop file sorter, and I recommend having, it's, it's going to be a vertical system. Okay. So you're going to be hanging files or sorting, sifting through files. You're not going to be, you're not piling anything. Okay. Remember right. file, don't pile. Okay, (laughs) because (laughs) it's so much harder to pull something out from the middle of a stack than it is from a hanging file folder. But what you want to do next is you want to label those files. At a minimum, I recommend having a to-do, a to-pay, and a to-file file. Okay, (laughs) that sounds funny. Um, You may consider other files after that. Like, for instance, you may have one that's to read, um, or maybe you have one or two for receipts, like we have one for just our regular receipts, our personal receipts, and then we have one for tax receipts. Um, You may have a separate file for coupons, one for schedules, or one for each family member. And you may even want one for takeout menus if that's your thing. You know, if you guys do takeout a lot, then you may want to have, you know, one to store those. Having the one for for each one of the kids has really helped me be able to find stuff. Because, like, for our son with Boy Scout forms Mm -hmm. or with... uh you know, whatever. It's all just kind of separated there, and you know exactly where to look. And Yeah, and with our daughter, I have her little, just the the school 
policy document in there. So if she's sick, I know what the policy is for when she can when she can return and just anything I need, it's right there. Or we have a list in there that has all the kids in her class. So if we want to do a play date or if we want to invite the kids to a birthday party, you have all that information right there. So I just keep it right there. I know yeah. it has to deal with our daughter, boom, or if it has to deal with our son, or if there's something that's for you, you have your own file. And I just created one for me. <laughs> <laughs> I realized that I was missing my own. I was like, you know, what? I think I need one too. <laughs> you matter. I do. I do matter. Yep. <laughs> and we have a couple other unique files because we have digital files. Um, we have a couple folders, one that's labeled to scan and then file, like, because we have some documents that we actually want to keep the hard copy of, but I still want to scan copy of it. So we'll scan it and then file. And then I have another folder that's to scan, then shred. So yeah, does that makes sense. That makes perfect sense okay. to me. Okay. So now that you've created your action file, what you need to do is put it in the right location. What you want to do is you want to put it where you naturally dump or sort your mail or a place that's easy to access. If it's too far out of the way, then you're not going to use it and you'll end up with all those paper piles again. You'll also want it in a spot that has the right supplies nearby, like a shredder or recycle bin, you know, a pen so you can make notes, sticky notes to put on different paper items. Um, you also want a calendar, whether you use a, a paper calendar or your digital calendar. You want to have you know, your phone or whatever nearby or maybe a computer. Um, checkbook, calculator, stamps, just as an example. These are some things that, for us, we have that right next to our, our action file. So right. as I'm doing things, I know that I can have all those supplies nearby so I can take action on those papers that I'm putting into the action file. Now, once it's in the right spot, now you can use it. And here's what I recommend. First, check and sort your mail daily. Yep. Make that a habit. I know folks that just, they, they wait a week to check their mail and then they wonder why it sits there in piles. It's because... There's so much that they've collected that now that's a big, big decision. And, you know, I heard something a long time ago when I became an organizer and I was just listening to other podcasts and stuff. They said, paper piles are just delayed decisions. Each one of those papers that comes into your home, into your life, you have to make a decision on. So why wait a whole week, you know, gather a whole week's worth of, of paper or sometimes a month or sometimes even years worth of papers when you can just tackle it on a daily basis? Okay, so again, I recommend checking your mail on a daily basis. And I, um, you know, I just did this today uh, as uh, after I picked up little girl from school, mm-hmm. and I swing by the mailbox. I pick it up, and we probably had between fifteen and twenty pieces of mail. And the first thing that I did was I knew there was a catalog in there that you didn't want, uh-huh. and I, I just ripped the the address label off. I threw it right in the recycle bin on the way in that before I even got in the house. Yeah, and then all the other ones, it literally took five minutes, if yes. that. And then I went through, I, I throw out all the, or I get everything separated. I open everything, then I go through it. And then I take all the things that need to be recycled and I have a little pile of those. I cut out all of the address labels or any personal information that needs to be shredded. I put that in another pile. And then I take the other stuff that needs action taken on it, and then I put that in the file for you. Thank you. <laughs> so. yeah, I take action on it. That's, action. that's what I do. I just prep it. I prep. <laughs> well, that's perfect because that was what I was going to say. The next thing you want to do is you want to sort all those papers into those exact categories. Um, and so you may have, you know, so you have those things that you just know are trash. You just want to recycle it or trash it or shred it. Um, but for the things that you have to take action on, um, for example, something that's a to-do, like maybe you have to make an appointment, like a dental appointment, or or maybe you have to RSVP, what you want to do is that you want to write that date on your calendar, either write it physically on a paper calendar or type it in onto your digital calendar. And then what you can do is take that item, that paper that you have to 
do something and put that in the to-do folder. Because what's going to happen is that when you get that reminder or when you check your calendar and it says, okay, make appointment, you know exactly where to go. That should be in my to-do file. I'm going to go right to the to-do. And then you go, all you have to do is look at that to-do file, find that item, and you can take action on it. Same thing goes for with the to-pay items. Um, What I recommend is, you know, looking at when that due date is, backdating it two or three days before, put that on your calendar. And again, it goes into the to-pay file. And so when that date comes up and you see that reminder, okay, I've got to pay the electric bill, that should be in your to-pay file. Right. So that's what I mean about creating temporary homes because otherwise it's in a pile. You're going to have to sort through it. And I think I read somewhere, probably on the NAPA website, which is the National Association of Professional Organizers website, they have like a stats list. And it said like 23% of of Americans that were polled, they lose their mail or they have late payments payments, because they can't find the bill to pay. (laughs) So. That's kind of, that's a lot. <laughs> so so the number one choice would be automate payments. Automate payments. But if you don't, then and you use your files, and this is a, the perfect way. Exactly. Now, as you're going along, you'll have other papers that may not necessarily be a to-do or to-pay item, um, but maybe it's just something that you just need to file. It was just, you know, you got some notice in the mail, but it's something that you, like the Homeowners Association is having their annual meeting or whatever. Well, I don't know that I really need that, but I might want to scan it because there's some other information in there about our HOA. I'm going to put that into our to scan and then shred file. Or let's say we're switching out photos like our, you know, our daughter just got a new school photo. Well, I take her old one and I want to keep that hard copy. So I put that in our to file folder so I can deal with that later. Um, There's other things like receipts as I'm emptying my wallet or whatever when I come home or I bring home receipts, whether it's personal or tax related, I put the personal ones in their Personal receipts. The personal receipts, and then I get the tax ones and those. And it's just, it really is nice to know that when Dan asks, hey, how much was that that item that we got at at the grocery store? And I'm like, oh, I don't know, but the receipt should be in the receipts folder. And he knows exactly where to go. Or do you remember how much it cost when we got that that item that we purchased for our business? I said, you know, I'm not sure, but the receipt's over there. And now, actually, he doesn't ask me too many questions anymore because he, there's a home for all those things. So that's, that's the right. beauty of this is that you're creating homes. Even though it's a temporary home, you're creating homes for all those papers. Yeah. And I would really recommend, I don't want to foot stomp it too much, but like we said, we'll have links in the show notes. But your action files, those two, you have two action files that get a lot of hits for the videos. Two oh. action file videos, I'm sorry, that get a lot of hits. The video really does give a good visual. Now, the other thing that you want to do is that... You know, I was telling you to ch- uh, to sort your mail daily and check your mail daily. You want to also, you may want to just check your action file daily too. And you're naturally going to do that as you're going through. But I kind of go through and just kind of still have an idea of what my to-dos are, my to-pay. Because uh, sometimes my to-dos don't necessarily have a due date on them, although I usually do put a due date on them because otherwise it'll never get done. <laughs> but I kind of like to see how big that to-do file is getting so I can kind of better manage my time. Okay, and the last thing that you want to do is you want to clear this out. And so you have to kind of create a system that works best for you. Um, you know, you're going to probably check it daily as you're, if you're going to sort your mail daily and, and use your action file daily. But you can either check it weekly as far as clearing it out and taking action on it or maybe every couple of weeks. Or at a minimum, I recommend clearing it out once a month. For me, what I do, my routine is that since I pay bills once a month, I take my action file and I take it into the office. And when I know that I'm going to do bills is when I take that and then I can go 
through and edit everything. I can take care of all my to-dos. I can take care of my to-pay items. I can file the things I need to file. I can scan the items I need to scan, and then I can scan and shred, recycle, whatever. I take care of it all in one session, and I know that's going to take me probably about an hour, no more than two, depending on what's going on. But it's just I know once a month that I have that on my calendar when I need to get those bills paid and when I need to do it. So that's what works for me because I know I'm doing that. Maybe what works for you is the first and the 15th of the month, or maybe what works best for you is every Monday, I'm going to clear this out. Whatever works for you, the bottom line is that you need to make it a routine because otherwise what's going to happen, like Dan was saying earlier, is that it's going to get too full and then all it is is another permanent filing system. So it is an actual file for you to take action on it. It's a temporary home for those papers that just tend to pile waiting for you to take action on it. But the beauty of it is, is that now once you sort them into those files, you're going to be able to find those things and you're going to be better able to control the influx of the daily papers that are coming into your home. And yeah. I think that's really kind of what it's all about. And it's just another step for you to to edit, to eliminate the things that you don't need, decide what you do want to keep, and be more deliberate about a process and a system of getting them into your permanent files or either getting them out of your life. Yeah, so, I agree. I think it's made a tremendous difference since we started using one and. Yeah, right before I became a professional organizer, what I used to do, we used to have a junk drawer, (laughs) and we had a, I had a cake tin inside the drawer, and I would just keep all of our papers in there. I had piles, I had paper piles, but it was one, it was a contained, nicely contained file. But if we had to go pay a bill, it was like now I got to sort through this thing, and it was driving me crazy. So I got online and I just found this, and it was like it had changed my whole idea about paper and how to manage it, and it was just like. So simple, so easy, but it has changed our life. We don't have paper laying around. No. Well, good stuff. So I hope that's helpful for you guys. So yeah. that's it. All right. Sounds good. Okay. Well, just as a reminder that the Edit and Forget It Challenge is going strong. We have around 150 people taking part in the challenge, and a good chunk of them are active on the Facebook page, too. It's never too late to join the challenge. It'll be going on all year, so head on over to SimpleLifeTogether.com and sign up. Yeah, it's been really, really picking up lately over there we're well over 150 now but uh i love it uh, i know it's just really cool interaction over there it's amazing the what people are doing there's folks have already met and exceeded the 2013 items already and we're just into the we're getting into the second quarter now i mean it's just amazing to me yeah so So remember to sign up it's on the left side of the page go to simplelifetogether.com on the left side of the page about halfway down um over in that left column it says edit and forget it you click on that and you sign up and then uh, it'll give you, uh, you'll get a, uh, an email back that tells you the link on Facebook. And then you just uh, click on that, ask to join, and I'll, I'll approve it over on Facebook. So we'd love to see you there. Woohoo! All right, so let's move on to the thing segment, I guess. And I think I'm going to start off on this yes. one, if you don't mind. Mine is very simple, real quick one. It's about, um, uh, you mentioned it last week, and that's why it kind of sparked me uh, on thinking about it, was that Google Reader was going away. Right, so right. for people who use Google Reader as a tool to manage their RSS feeds. So, and if you're not familiar with that, RSS is really simple syndication. And so say you follow a a bunch of different blogs, instead of you going to check to see if those blogs are updated, you just subscribe to their RSS feed with a reader, and then it'll automatically send you the latest post. So you don't have to go to that site, it'll come directly to Mm -hmm. you. So that's what a RSS feed and a feed reader does. Well, the most popular was Google Reader, and now that's going away. So I wanted to at least offer a suggestion for what I'm doing. I've 
actually cut the blogs that I follow back uh, to about between 75 and 100 different blogs. That's what I try to read. Wow. Um, and, but it's still nice to have one place where I can go to read all my feeds. And I've been a Flipboard user on the iPad for a long time, and that you can have all your feeds on that as well, and I still do. But uh, as my no-kidding Google Reader replacement, I have gone with Feedly as my main replacement for Google I Reader. I heard of that. Feedly? I don't yeah. think you told me about that. I didn't? Well, I'll have to get you set up. And here, well, here's the reason I like it. It's, it seamlessly accepts all my feeds, so I don't have to go in and re-input it or anything. Oh, nice. mm-hmm. You just sign in through your Google account, and it automatically imports all your feeds. And I like the layout that it has. It's just neat, and it's clean. And I can use it on my laptop, on my desktop, and my iPad. Um, I think you can use it on the iPhone, too, but I don't because, because of my eye problem. <laughs> That I've discussed a few times, so I just Stop can't. Petting the screen, <laughs> yeah. So, but um, anyway, it's a great replacement for Google Reader, and plus the price is free, so that's uh, that's really? fantastic. I get it. Yeah, Good. it's Feedly. Oh, Feedly. <laughs> yeah. But they offer it freely. Freely. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. So that's my thing. Oh, geez, I did it again. I just can't go an episode without having it's a blonde moment. It's all good. Well, my thing is my iPhone camera. I know this isn't new technology, but I just love it and I've used it so much this week. I use it to take pictures of receipts, to show pictures of my hair to my new stylist so she knew how to cut it just right. Although she kind of jacked it up a little bit, but she fixed it. (laughs) (laughs) I had to go back and say, um, not so much. But anyway, I also use it to take a picture of my parking stall so I remembered where I parked. And I use it to take pictures of the makeup I need to buy at the store because sometimes I'm like, what no, What did I need to get? So I take a picture of the exact product and the name of it so I don't have to guess what kind of lipstick I love. You know? <laughs> um, I also used it to take before and after photos of my clients' projects that we've worked on. And um, I use it to take pictures of things that we posted on Craigslist. And I even... I even use it to take pictures of my outfits that I'm wearing to the NAPO conference this week. I know you're laughing at me, but it sounds so crazy. But I I like to take pictures of each of my outfits along with the shoes and the jewelry that I'm wearing. So I remember exactly what I'm wearing each day. I can't believe that. You know what I should do is I actually should take a sticky note and say, this is what you wear on Tuesday. This is what you wear on Tuesday evening. Oh, it's, <laughs> already on, it's already on the label on the inside, isn't it? <laughs> no, you know, it see, that's, be. The, that's the funny thing. You would never in a million years, I bet you you cannot show one example of a man ever doing this. <laughs> I, I and that's why art. we're different. And that's cool. I'm glad we're different. But <laughs> Well, I even sent, now this is funny. This is what women do that men don't, is I even sent pictures to my girlfriends or my colleagues yep. because they're like, I don't know what to wear. What exactly do they mean by business casual and this and that? You know, it's my first time going. And I was like, well, let me send pictures of my outfits so you'll have an idea. And they're like, awesome. Because, you know, as chicks, we coordinate, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I know guys don't do that, but we no. do. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> well, I know it's silly, but I do love my iPhone. I use it all the time. And maybe I even gave you guys some ideas on how you can use yours. So that's my thing. There you go. <laughs> all right. So moving on into the feedback segment, we've really had some amazing feedback this week that uh, we just really need to share. And we got one from Mental Caviar. Uh, who left us a note on iTunes that just blew us away. Yeah, you got to listen to this. And they wrote, and I don't know if it's a man or woman, but um, it's just amazing. It just totally blew us away. 
Simply speaking, this is the one. In the years that I've been listening to podcasts, I have never written a review. In a life of overcommitment and stressful consumerism, taking the time and energy to do so never seemed to be the simple option, nor, quite honestly, the priority within my limited day. However, I am compelled to take a moment to help spread the word about this exemplary show. There is no other podcast that has supported and strengthened my life at its core more than this gem. If the idea of a simple life, or at least a simpler life, has brought you to this podcast, trust your instinct and download every single one of the available programs. Do this and enter into the warm, informative, witty, and wise world of Daniel and Vanessa Hayes. Whether you want to learn how to utilize current technologies to streamline your life, in business or at home, or you want solid organizing strategies in order to tame the beast of too many things, the hilarious Hayes duo will fit the bill. Not only will they meet and then exceed your expectations, but they will do so in a way that leaves you with a strengthened resolve to improve your life in the most important ways to you. The information here is not given in a cookie-cutter, our-way-is-the-best-way manner. Dan and Vanessa, yes, you'll feel you know them personally, will provide you options in the spirit of what works for you might be different than what works for us. Through the warm, rich, and humorous chemistry that these two share, you will find yourself enjoying the process of making your life simpler in order for you to enjoy it more. Moreover, you will find that you see the world as a more positive place because of the sense of partnership and community that is created by sharing their journey to a simple life together. That's awesome, isn't it? I mean, I got choked up when I read so that. So did one. I. You know, it was, yeah, it was pretty powerful. I mean, to think that we could have an impact on folks' lives. So, yeah, um, it really is amazing. And thank, uh, whoever wrote that, thank you very, very yes, much. Thank you. And it was back to back knockout blows on <laughs> iTunes this week. So, Vanessa, why don't you cover the next one? Yes. Uh, Anastasia Laluminaire writes I love this podcast. Vanessa and Dan are fun and full of helpful information about paring down the stuff that is holding you back or creating disorder in your life. I always appreciate receiving necessary information in an entertaining way, and they excel at it. I've barely gotten started with it, and I'm already hooked. I've signed up for the Edit and Forget It challenge on their webpage, and I'm ready to rock. I am packing up to move, so this could not have come at a better time. I am inspired to start tossing stuff left and right. <laughs> well, get ready, Anastasia, because you're going to get addicted. That's yeah. all there is to it. <laughs> I think she knows that already. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's awesome. And welcome to the Facebook page, too. So it's been good to talk with you there and see the amazing yes. progress you've made in a couple of days. So the next one is from uh, Susanna Hutchison of PowerWriting.com, and she left us a comment on last week's show underneath the show notes regarding an app that she uses with success. Susanna writes, an app you might want to add to your phone is still tasty. You put in the foods you buy and where you store them, and the app tells you when it's getting close to either use it up or throw it out. I find this one of my most used apps and one that helps me stay organized. Wow, that's well, we got, cool. Yeah, we have to check that out. I have not checked it out because I, I just cut it in, you know, just before we started the show today. Oh, I'm totally going to check so, that out. Yeah, we'd love to get the, the feedback on things that work well for you. Mm-hmm. and Because I never would have, no. yeah, I never even thought of an app like this. That's cool. Thanks, Susanna. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm check that's it out. great. And I checked out her site, too, at powerwriting.com. She's a copywriter. Good oh, stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> so we'll have to check that one out for sure. Thanks again. Well, okay. That's it for episode 24 of Simple Life Together. On today's show, Dan talked about how the modern world can make simplicity pretty complicated sometimes. And I shared some secrets on how to manage the barrage of documents we get on a daily basis. And my thing was Feedly as a Google Reader replacement. And Vanessa's thing was her iPhone camera. 
Don't forget, you can find all the links and info from today's show at simplelifetogether.com slash 024. While you're on the site, over in the left column, you can sign up for the Edit and Forget It Challenge. Subscribe to the show or leave an iTunes review by going to simplelifetogether.com slash iTunes. And of course, you can connect with us on Twitter. I'm at Daniel Hayes and Vanessa is at Get Simplifies. And we have links to our Twitter and Google Plus profiles on the website. So let us know what you think of the show and how you're simplifying your life too. We would love to hear from you. So until next time, we hope you enjoy your Simple Life Together. Simple Life Together.